Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, ignoring an unresolved problem never makes it go away, especially when it involves legal troubles. We have details on the Finley Municipal Court's latest Safe Surrender Day event. Also this morning, kind of like planting a vegetable garden, backyard chicken farming has become trendy as prices have soared, but the USDA warns that raising poultry in your own coop brings the risk of spreading bird flu. We'll tell you what you need to know. And the University of Finley's renowned Mazam Museum has plenty of ways to keep little hands and minds busy during the upcoming summer months. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Monday, April 24th, 2023. Voice under construction today. I have to apologize first uh, first thing uh, this morning because my voice is a little rough today. It's been uh, like that with this. It always happens, this change of weather uh, that we get this time of year where one day it's 80 and the next day it's 40. And uh, it just my body doesn't adjust that quickly. And I get these sinuses draining. I'm not the only one. I know a lot of people uh, have this happen as well. But uh, I'm feeling actually okay it's just these sinuses are are draining and it's wreaking havoc with my voice and all of that so bear with us this morning you know one of the other uh reasons why my voice is so rough is because i just don't take it easy i mean if i were smart i just you know stay in bed and be quiet and not do anything for like three or four days and i'd be over it and it's just i'm not wired that way i can't do that it just drives me crazy um and uh, I become a real pest. <laughs> just ask my wife. Uh, I'm just I'm horrible to live with when I'm when I'm sick, and it's because and it's not I'm not really sick necessarily. I don't have a fever, and I'm not. It's just my voice is uh, kind of funky here this morning. Um, but yeah, if I'm if I'm laying around with nothing to do, I get frustrated, and yeah. So anyway, that's it's. Just as much my own doing as anything else, but uh, in any event, today, I don't know if you knew this or not, this is kind of uh, kind of cool, today is National Bucket List Day. It is to remind folks to set new goals and live life to the fullest. Um, bucket list, of course, you know what a bucket list is, right? The things that a person would like to experience or accomplish before they kick the bucket. And it could uh, include a dream vacation, um, graduating from college or, you know, some other a big milestone, uh, something like a, a crazy adventure that maybe you've always been afraid to try, but you're going to throw a caution to the wind, like skydiving or something like that. But whatever that would happen to be today is bucket list day. So put those things, you know, when it comes to bucket lists, one of the things that has always been on my bucket list, is I want to go to visit Scandinavia, one of those Scandinavian countries where you see the northern lights so you can actually see them in all their glory. I've actually seen the northern lights. You will see them uh, as far south as northwest Ohio occasionally uh, when conditions are just right. And several years ago, I did see that phenomena, and it was pretty incredible. But it's nothing like what they look like up there in Scandinavia and, you know, where they're just absolutely brilliant and they completely fill the sky. So wouldn't you know it, though? Here's the the thing I saw. 
A piece from the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration says that the northern lights may be visible uh, in our area. It says it says here this morning, and I don't know um, if they are referring to before sunrise today or you know overnight tonight. But in any event, the uh, uh, statement says that uh, the celestial light show might play as far south as. Pennsylvania, Iowa, Wyoming, and Oregon, uh, if skies are clear. And wouldn't you know it, we've got overcast skies. (laughs) So your opportunity to see the northern lights, I almost hate to bring it up, is going to be, I mean, I don't know if we would see them here. Like I said, they said Pennsylvania and Iowa. So I'm thinking, you know, if you look at a map of the United States to draw a line between Iowa and Pennsylvania, we should be right there where we'd be able to see them, if only the skies were clear, so I guess uh, apparently a solar flare erupted from the sun on Friday afternoon sent a huge cloud of charged particles toward Earth that are likely to light up the sky and bring us the northern lights. But there's clouds, so never mind. <laughs> I know that stinks. Um, of a once in a great while sort of thing, and it's blocked because of the weather. So, uh, among the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to start your day is if you're looking for uh, something to do for lunch today, how about a meal of insects? Uh, Research from Colorado State University suggests that eating bugs can support your gut health. The study specifically examined the effect of crickets. Uh, 25 grams of cricket powder eaten daily was connected to an increase in good gut bacteria. You know, you have the have the good bacteria, you have the bad bacteria. You want the good, the uh, good gut bacteria. And apparently, edible insects and insect fibers, while unusual in the American diet, are commonplace around the globe, uh, as insects are part of many traditional cuisines. And it could lead to better gut health. Uh, 3,000 ethnic groups in 130 countries eat insects harvested from the wild, but insect farming, they say, is also growing in popularity. Insect farming. You heard heard that right. So, uh, how about a... uh, So, with with your uh, lunch today, have a side of chocolate-covered crickets or something. Anyway, don't mean to uh, ruin your appetite but want to make sure that you are up to date on the latest health news i'm thinking when i saw that story uh insects for better gut health i think i'm okay with my gut health you know what i mean i think i would rather sacrifice a little bit of gut health <laughs> and uh not the, the insects uh let's see a couple of other things here um this is very important to know especially because we're coming up on home improvement season. Uh, There are a few popular brands of sledgehammers that have been recalled. According to the Consumer Product Safety Commission, Uh, sledgehammers uh, sold under the brand names DeWalt, Stanley Fat Max, and Craftsman, uh, all made by Stanley Black & Decker, have been recalled because the handle of the sledgehammer can break during use. Um, 192 cases 
have been reported of this happening, two of which resulted in head and face injuries. So I'm assuming that that means that the handle broke as whoever was swinging the hammer had it on the backswing. And they, I don't mean to laugh uh, here because this is very serious stuff. But if the handle breaks, especially on the backswing, sledgehammer comes back and conks you upside the head. Uh, if you are currently in possession of one of these faulty hammers, the company is offering a full refund or replacement, but they advise you don't use that sledgehammer uh, in the meantime until you get the uh, handle replacement. Um, and if you do, at a very minimum, make sure that the cameras are rolling because you might catch a <laughs> might catch a viral moment. <laughs> you never know. You might have something to laugh about later. Uh, <laughs> have you ever done that with a sledgehammer? Hit yourself in the head? Man, that hurts. Um, and finally, among the first things you need to know this morning, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day, if you are looking for a new job, we have one for you here at a zoo in England. The Blackpool Zoo is on the hunt for some avian enthusiasts to scare off the seagulls. In a recent job posting, the zoo says that they are seeking candidates to join their team as seagull deterrents. <laughs> uh, the job description is that you would be tasked with shooing away the seagulls that have been stealing food from visitors and from animal enclosures. Uh, the ideal candidates will be outgoing, comfortable wearing a bird costume, <laughs> have a love for all animals except the seagulls, of course. Uh, the ad goes on to say that uh, while they appreciate their feathered friends, the seagulls have become a bit of a nuisance and need to be kept away from visitor dining areas. So if you're not uh, afraid to flap your wings and ruffle some feathers to scare off the, <laughs> the seagulls, this could be the job for you. Uh... Contact the zoo today. It says if you're ready to spread your wings and take on the challenge. How many bad puns can they work into one job posting? I don't know. I'm just I'm throwing it out there in case you are uh, interested in looking for a new job on this Monday morning. If you're not looking forward to getting up and going to work today, you know, the same old, same old grind. This would be, you know, maybe something a little different. You'd have to move to England, but... Dress up like a bird, but there you go. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Monday morning started. WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather, partly sunny today, a high in the low 50s, partly cloudy tonight, a low in the mid-30s. The Tiffin Police Department says it arrested a man after an eight-month investigation into the possession and distribution of child pornography. Tiffin Police arrested Nathaniel Stanton. This followed an eight-month-long investigation. Police say he was sharing illegal materials on a social media app. They also say he sent illicit pictures to what he thought was a 14-year-old girl, but it was actually an undercover officer. Stanton is being held on one count of pandering sexually oriented material involving a minor, but could face additional charges. WTOL 11's Amanda Fay reporting. The U.S. Supreme Court issued a stay overruling lower court restrictions, saying access to a commonly used abortion pill is still legal across the country while a lawsuit continues. Now, in a statement, Planned Parenthood of Greater Ohio says, quote, we welcome the granting of this complete stay, but we know 
that the fight for bodily autonomy is far from over. We cannot lose sight of the fact that this baseless lawsuit demonstrates that the anti-abortion politicians won't stop at the overturning of Roe v.ersus Wade to dismantle sexual and reproductive health care. I'm Andrew Kinsey. The Second Chance Coalition of Hancock County held an event in Finley to raise awareness of the challenges that formerly incarcerated people face. Sharona Bishop is a peer support specialist at Hancock Public Health. I myself am a person with lived experience. Um, I have a criminal background, um, so I understand what it's like when you hit barriers, when you're trying to do better. And I learned that with, you know, building amazing support is what has really helped me through my whole journey. Get more of our conversation with Sharona and learn more about the Second Chance Coalition with this story on our website. Bluffton historian Fred Steiner will be giving a presentation on Bluffton's Golden Age, covering a period from approximately 1886 to 1900. Steiner said Bluffton was a boom town during those years, and he'll show photographs and share stories from the era during the program. The presentation is at 6 p.m. Tuesday at the Bluffton Public Library. Remember, you can always get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. You know, ignoring an unresolved problem never makes it go away. It's one of the uh, great lessons my dad taught me. And that is especially true when it involves legal troubles. So with that in mind, we have details this morning on the Findlay Municipal Court's latest safe surrender event. Judges Alan Hackenberg and Stephanie Bishop from the Finley Municipal Court are with us in the studio this morning. Thank you both for uh, dropping by. We certainly appreciate it. Good morning, and thank you for having us. This is, uh, what, the sixth annual uh, Safe Surrender uh, event, and uh, it has historically, I mean, obviously, because it keeps happening, it's uh, it's been successful. Yeah, we think that it's certainly worth doing uh, year in, year out. Uh, anytime we can clear warrants, help people out, right. let them hit the reset button, we think that's a benefit to them and the community, and we're happy to do it. And obviously, it's being supported over the years. Yeah, um, because people have uh, have responded to it, and and I know we've talked about this in the past. Uh, people may be, may be surprised just how many uh, outstanding warrants there are uh, in Hancock County, uh, in Finley, yeah. and Hancock County. Yeah, there are a significant amount of warrants just out of the, our court. There's almost three thousand outstanding wow. warrants. So in the past, we've been able to help clear 450 warrants and help mm. out about 380 individuals so those not, warrants cleared. Yeah, so. so not an insignificant number. And and most of those warrants are, are for things that are relatively minor yeah. and, yeah. again, easily uh, rectified, easily fixed. Easily addressed if the yeah. individual comes in. They can either reschedule a jail commitment. They can reengage in their treatment. They can reschedule their community service. So if they show up, then it's something that certainly is fairly easy to get recalled and get fixed. So what? Uh, so what is the process uh, for this? How does it work? And if somebody you know, has uh, an issue uh, with the, with the court that has been unresolved, and again, this is Finley Municipal Court, um, how do they go about taking advantage of this? So they can either show up on. Uh, uh, April 27th to uh, address the issue or if they'd like to make an appointment we certainly encourage appointments that way we have a better idea of who's coming in and that way they can be more timely seen but if they want to call to schedule an appointment they can contact the Finley Municipal Court at 419 
424-7141. If they're uncertain, if they have a bench warrant or an, an issue they need to address, they can also look on the Finley Municipal Court website, and there's a tab for safe surrender day that they can check out to see if they have a warrant. Yeah, sometimes. Does that often happen, that, that people are uh, <laughs> unaware that uh, you know there's an issue? Yes. Yes, it still happens, and it, it's quite the surprise when people uh, – obviously gets stopped for a minor traffic violation and the officer says and oh by the way there's a warrant for your arrest for whatever it may be mm-hmm. or maybe they were involved in a uh, minor traffic accident not even their fault and again contact law enforcement when they provide their name and information so yeah it, it certainly is something that if you've got a warrant uh, if you're tired of hiding behind the curtains mm-hmm. uh, or looking over your back right. uh, come on Come on in. Um, and one of the other things that we've talked about uh, in the past, the benefit of an event like this is it takes the uh, burden off of law enforcement that often has to, you know, serve these warrants. Yeah, it, it does. And also takes off the burden when they do come in contact with that individual, then um, then they're taken to jail, which obviously can impact their employment, their housing. Right their family and whatnot so it it certainly is helpful to both law enforcement and the individual to get them resolved and uh as we've uh, said this is not a get out of jail free card it's not uh you're not just dismissing uh these warrants there will still be penalties but in this case uh be uh much more amenable to the to the terms you can kind of schedule what you need to get done and so on right whatever their sentence was we're letting we're letting them reschedule whatever that may be sometimes they've missed appearing in court for their initial appearance uh, or for a change of plea or whatever the matter may be we will have the public defender's office on site as well as representative from the uh, city of finley prosecutor's office so quite often uh these cases might actually be even resolved that day, depending on what exactly the nature of the hearing was that they missed. But certainly the goal is to let them hit the reset button. No one's going to jail that day if they've got an outstanding warrant, if they turn themselves in. And uh, what should, uh, what types of, uh, of things can be resolved I- immediately uh, that, that would be resolved that day? Well, the warrant would be cleared that day, so yeah. that certainly is, uh, is helpful. That's but if a big they thing haven't right completed their community service, they can reschedule community service. Okay. If the warrant was, as Judge Hankerberg said, for failing to appear for a hearing, we'll conduct that hearing. If it's because they haven't scheduled their jail days, they can reschedule their jail days. So those can so be the, scheduled. So everything so, yeah. can I, get moving forward yeah. on that day. Sometimes they miss, uh, they miss appearing for a traffic ticket. Well, they can show up, we can uh, hear that case, and if they want to resolve it that day, then it can be resolved that day. So, mm-hmm. and, and with that in mind, I guess that's uh, one of the reasons I bring that up. What should people uh, bring with them, or what, you know, what should they uh, be prepared to present to the court? Well, if there are warrants because they need to reschedule their jail days, they should bring their schedule. Right. Um, if otherwise, there's not much. If they've actually engaged in treatment, but we don't have that verification, they can gotcha. bring information from their treatment provider, but we'll still require them to sign that release to verify for com- compliance that they have complied with that. Yeah, yeah, if they've missed a status conference hearing, certainly if they want to show up and pay your five, ten bucks on their case, uh, if they have uh, missed a treatment or they've got records that they have been treating, but just not with who they told us. Bring those records. So, mm-hmm. so this is all happening. Um, what later this week, right on Thursday? Thursday. Yeah. Give us all of the uh, details once again on <laughs> on how this uh, how this works and all of that for people to so yeah. that they know. So on Thursday, April twenty seventh, from nine a.m. until four p.m. 
Individuals are free to stop into the Finley Municipal Court, or if they wish to schedule an appointment, they can contact the court at 419-424-7141 or visit our website, which is www.finleyohio.gov. Again, it's the uh, 6th Annual Safe Surrender Day event for the uh, Finley Municipal Court. We have a link up on our webpage for uh, more information as well. Again, Judges Alan Hackenberg and Stephanie Bishop with us this morning. Thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate it. Thanks Thank for you. having us. Well, you know, we were actually touching on this subject a couple of weeks ago on the program, but I want to expand on it a bit today as the price of eggs skyrocketed over the past year. Seems many people got the idea that raising their own chickens would be a good alternative, not unlike planting tomatoes in a backyard garden. But these are live animals, not plants, and it is actually much more complicated. Uh, Dr. Julie Gauthier is Assistant Director of Poultry Health at the U.S. Department of Agriculture. And Julie, first of all, as we were saying the last time we talked about this, not everyone is even able to put up a chicken coop. Some places have uh, zoning restrictions and so on. But beyond that, there is a lot more that goes into it than, again, like planting a garden. What is the first thing that you tell people before they go out and get their first bird? Well, one thing I really like to talk to people about is make them aware that we're in the middle of the worst ever bird flu outbreak in U.S. history. Yeah. And this started back in February of 2022. So I really like to spread the word uh, to folks that are, have flocks or thinking about starting up flocks about how they can protect them from from this danger until this outbreak is over. You know, that ironically is one of the, the main reason why the price of eggs has been so high in the first place. And uh, backyard farmers should not think that they are somehow immune from this. So what do they need to know? Yeah, that's right. In fact, we've had more backyard flocks affected in this outbreak than commercial flocks, over 500 of them. So it's really important that we spread the word about prevention. A highly pathogenic avian influenza virus is carried by wild migratory birds, often wild ducks. They can carry the virus without showing signs of the disease. But if the virus gets into a domestic poultry flock, it can kill most of the flock in just a few days. We can't treat the infection, so we've got to try to prevent it in the first place. And I've got uh, a few tips, if I may, about how to uh, prevent that virus from getting into the flock. Yeah, I was going to say, what are some ways that we can help keep our chickens safe? Well, for small flocks or backyard flocks, one of the big ones is to keep the birds out of outdoor ponds or other open water sources where wild ducks or other wild birds that carry the virus gather. And uh, wild birds, along with their feathers and their nests and their droppings, can transmit the virus to our, our poultry. So keep your birds separate. Separate your poultry from the rest of your property. Use one entry and exit into the bird area. Uh, check the poultry area frequently for signs of wild bird activity and then try to keep them out. Uh, but clean up any droppings or feathers or nests of wild birds that you might find. Uh, pay close attention to the entryways into the bird area so that um, people aren't, or equipment, vehicles aren't tracking in, uh, say, wild, wild bird droppings into the, the poultry area. One other thing you can do is to wear dedicated clothes and shoes. So a set of uh, boots or clothing that you use only when you're tending your flock and you don't wear it anywhere else. I uh, also have a way to wash your hands before and after caring for your flock. This, if you don't have access to running water, then keep some hand sanitizer close by. Uh, also, don't share tools or equipment in, 
uh, between flocks. If you have to clean and disinfect that equipment before you share it with another flock owner. And then uh, finally, not a good time to swap birds between flocks. So keep your flock closed. Don't bring in new, uh, new birds to an existing flock. You know, as we said, this is a big deal. Something like 58 million birds have been affected. What is the USDA, and this is a bit of a sidebar here, but what is the USDA doing to help address this issue? We've got a Defend the Flock campaign uh, that provides a lot of free tools and resources to flock owners, whether they've got a big flock or a small backyard flock. Uh, you can ha- find a practical biosecurity tip and then uh, develop a biosecurity plan to protect your flock uh, based on the information there on the website. So that's Defend the Flock. And we have a library of checklists. We've got biosecurity workbook, got videos, webinar recordings, all sorts of information that can help you protect your flock. Now, we talk about prevention, and obviously that is the most important thing, but clearly uh, this is affecting uh, millions of birds despite uh, all of the preventative efforts. How do we know if our chickens are sick, and what should we do if we discover that they are or may be sick? If you see signs of illness in your flock, and signs of illness could be things like decreased appetite, uh, changes in egg shape, uh, soft-shelled eggs, difficulty breathing or sneezing in the birds, or uh, they could just have ruffled feathers and, and sit kind of hunched up. Um, these are normal healthy bird signs. If you have a number of birds like this, report this to your veterinarian or to your state vet or to USDA through our toll-free number. And that number is 866-536-7593. Again, that's 866-536-7593. If we can detect it early, we can help prevent the spread of the disease and protect neighboring flocks. Again, Dr. Julie Gautier is uh, Assistant Director for uh, Poultry Health at the USDA. Mention again the website where uh, folks, especially those who are new to all of this, can get all of the information that they need on protecting their flocks. Search online for Defend the Flock. Type in Defend the Flock into your search bar and that should come right up. And we will also link that information up on our webpage to make it even easier. Uh, Dr. Gautier, thanks very much for uh, taking the time. We appreciate it. Oh, thank you very much for helping me spread the word. 20 years of making mornings good mornings with Chris Oaks on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com and 95.5 FM. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. So you've been following the uh, story about uh, Bud Light and the uh, the people who want to uh, cancel Bud Light beer now because of their controversial marketing partnership with the uh, uh, that transgender social media personality, right? So you've been following that whole uh, brouhaha. Well, apparently it's not the only American beer brand that's been uh, running afoul of certain individuals. Uh, at least one other brand has a, a bit of a, a problem on its hands as well. Customs officials in Belgium crushed more than 2,000 cans of Miller High Life for advertising itself as the champagne of beers. <laughs> that, was the, that was the violation. Apparently, the Comité Champagne, a trade body defending the interests of French sparkling wine, 
asked for the shipment to be destroyed as the beer's slogan infringes on laws protecting uh, designation. It says protected designation of origin laws. The uh, the problem. The uh, beer has been has called itself the champagne of beers since the early 1900s. And apparently now, only now, is this an issue. Uh, the slogan is it's fine to use in the United States, but it is a violation of European Union rules that guarantee the true origin and quality of food, wine, and spirits. And so they can't say the champagne of beers... <laughs> In the uh, EU, because it doesn't come from the Champagne region of France. Um, was anybody honestly confusing real French Champagne with Miller High Life? I mean, honestly, is this is this the biggest problem that we have? Um, Molson Coors Beverage Company, the makers of Miller High Life, said the company rejects. Uh, or the company respects local restrictions and remains proud of its product. We invite our friends in Europe uh, to the U.S. anytime to toast the high life together. Apparently not in Europe. (laughs) Is anybody, is that really a a big problem? Confusion? The Miller High Life, well, it says it's the champagne of beers. This doesn't taste like champagne at all. Uh, Let's see. (laughs) <laughs> Speaking of, now that happened uh, airport in Belgium, and customs airport in Belgium. Here's another interesting story involving uh, an international shipment of goods. Apparently, Monday, this past Monday, a week ago, at Toronto Pearson International Airport, $15 million worth of gold and other valuables were reportedly stolen. A high-value, 15 million, a high-value container arrived at the airport, was taken to a cargo holding facility, and then suddenly, just like that, the riches were gone. Police believe the five-square-foot container was taken from the facility, and rumors circulated that organized crime might be involved. However, local police say it is too early to call this a professional job. The Greater Toronto Airports Authority says airport passengers were not in danger, Um, This did not involve access to Toronto Pearson Airport itself, did not pose a threat to passengers or staff, but they still would like to find out what happened to $15 million worth of gold and other valuables. Now, (laughs) I read that story and I thought it sounds like something out of a movie. Uh, Have they uh, questioned George Clooney and the uh, Ocean's Eleven gang? Because that sounds like something that they would be brazen enough to pull off. But it happened in real life. Just up and disappeared. Crazy. Uh, Some of the other uh, interesting uh, stories. The odd and unusual side of the news. Boy, about this time where we get the the weather and it's kind of... We've had a taste of springtime, even summertime weather. And now we're back to the kind of crappy weather in northwest Ohio that you get in April. And it makes you uh, dream of... You know, warm weather beaches someplace. Well, sometimes it's not always cracked up, not always what it's cracked up to be. A major sewage spill closed many beaches in and around Los Angeles over the weekend. <laughs> An estimated 250,000 gallons of sewage spilled into the L.A. River on Thursday, 
due to an equipment malfunction. Sanitation crews worked to clean up the mess and health officials were monitoring water quality, but the spill prompted the closure of many popular beaches, including Santa Monica, Marina del Rey, and Long Beach. All were closed over the weekend because of uh, this raw sewage spill. So, <clears throat> not always the carefree paradise <laughs> that we think uh, that we think of. Um, this is kind of weird if you're looking for something to do this week. Hundreds of Satanists are converging on Copley Square in Boston this week for the second annual Satan Con. Um, but they're not, they insist they're not coming to worship the devil. With over 800 registered attendees, organizers say they are expecting it to be the largest ever gathering of Satanists, accompanied, of course, by protesters of Christian groups and so on. Uh, Dex Desjardins, an ordained minister of Satan and spokesperson for the Satanic Temple, said the church is often misunderstood. <laughs> misunderstood. Um, the thing is, we're not theistic. We don't have beliefs in a literal Satan. The Satanic Temple, which is based in Salem, Massachusetts, instead fo focuses on core values of compassion, intellectualism, and personal freedoms. The idea that we're just a free speech political act activist group is wrong, however. We're not just that. Is that if we do any sort of activism, it is a very narrow band, basically aimed at protecting our equal rights under the First Amendment to religious liberty and to have equitable representation in the public square. Okay. Satan Con going on this week in Boston. <clears throat> yeah. And finally, in the broken news this morning. <laughs> A fifth grader has thrown their hat in the ring for the position of principal at Chief Joseph Elementary School in Great Falls, Montana. <laughs> uh, the uh, school district uh, posted an open position for principal at the elementary school. And a fifth grader by the name of Ruth Ross Miller caught wind of the job opening and decided that she would apply for the job. <laughs> Ruth got wind that her current principal, Brian Miller, was leaving, and she, along with her mother, took the time to fill out the 10-page application, complete with a cover letter. And guess what? She actually scored an interview. The f they're going to interview the fifth grader for the principal's job. You have a fifth grader sitting in front of a bunch of superintendents and other adults who are masters of their profession, and she's holding her own, her mom says. While Ruth was not offered the full-time position, ultimately, she was offered the opportunity to be principal for a day today. So, Ruth Ross Miller, congratulations. Principal for a day for high school. That's all kinds of awesome. Fifth grader. Hey, we got the job open. I'm going to apply for the job. Uh, there you go. That is uh, today's broken news report. An update on the odd and unusual side of the headlines. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. 
When you're behind the wheel, it's okay to rock out to your music, but it's not okay to interact with your phone screen and electronic devices while driving. In most cases, anything more than a single touch or swipe is against the law. That means no texting, no typing, no scrolling, no shopping, no browsing. If an officer sees a violation, they can pull you over. So remember, Ohio, phones down. It's the law. Time now for your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. A new survey of 2,000 parents with school-age children between the ages of 5 and 17 were asked about the foods that their kids like or will tolerate. And, you know, kids are not necessarily known for having a uh, really wide-ranging tastes in food. I mean, I know when I was a kid and my kids were that age, I mean, you know, chicken nuggets and Kool-Aid were, that's, that was a <laughs> gourmet meal. Um, but these days, kids have a much more mature palate, according to these parents. 78% of uh, the parents in the survey believed their child uh, actually preferred uh, prefers foods that previous generations would kind of turn their noses up at uh, fruits and vegetables. Forty five percent of the uh, parents in the survey said their uh, kid actually prefers to eat carrots like carrots. One of their favorites. Forty forty. That's forty five percent. Forty three percent said cucumbers. I don't think I ever had a cucumber uh, until I was well beyond my teen years. <laughs> Carrots and cucumbers. Uh, 44% uh, say that their kids uh, like potatoes. which And we're not talking about French fries here. We're talking about actual uh, potatoes. Uh, yeah, not French fries, not potato chips. We're talking actual potatoes. Uh, those are the top preferred vegetables for uh, kids. Again, school-age kids between 5 and 17. Uh, for fruits, uh, apples were the preferred fruit, 45%. Uh, bananas came in second at 44%, and oranges, 41%, were the fruits of choice among the kids. As for protein, uh, more than half, 55% of the kids, well, 55% of the parents said that their kids prefer chicken for lunch, much more so than ham, 39%, uh, which was the least popular uh, protein for lunch. Uh, the survey is conducted on, by uh, one poll on behalf of Veggies Made Great. So you know, keep that in mind. But uh, it is interesting nonetheless. Um, also found in the survey that 58% of kids are the, are the rebels of their friend group. <laughs> Parents say that they are the ones that, uh, that drive uh, the uh, meal choices among their peer group. That they opt for, 43% say they opt for vegetables, 37% say they opt for fruits, 37% say they opt opt for meats that none of their friends would eat, but they will. Uh, So what are the top influences for kids' choices? Uh, Flavor, number one, 53%. Smell, 46%. And shareability, 45% were the top influencers of kids' school choices. Although, that's kind of interesting in the shareability side of things. If 
they are the rebels who will eat things their friends won't. I don't know how that shareability actually comes into play. But anyway, kind of interesting uh, about the uh, things that kids today will eat. Way different than <laughs> when we were kids, to be sure. So the University of Findlay's renowned Mazza Museum has uh, plenty of ways to keep little hands and minds busy during the upcoming summer months. I know a lot of parents are starting to think about that now as we're into these final weeks of school. What am I going to do with the kids all summer long? Uh, ben Sapp from the uh, Mazza Museum is uh, with us this morning. Ben, thanks very much for uh, dropping by. First of all, we appreciate it. Thank you for this uh, opportunity. You know, the, sometimes people think, what is going on at the uh, Mazza Museum during the summer months when obviously courses are not uh, going on and, and so on? Do you close up? No, far from it. You've got things going on. Right. So um, the museum is still open regular hours uh, throughout the summer, um, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, from noon to five and Sundays from one to four. But we also have a lot of uh, summer programs, camps and conferences. And this year we even have a concert. So let's first of all talk about the uh, camp programs. The first of one, uh, the first of those coming up in the month of June, and that is a STEAM camp. Correct. It's uh, June 5th through the 9th mm -hmm. uh, from 8 a.m. to noon each day. And it's a DNA forensics camp. Uh, this year, uh, a little bit of different twist, but it would be as if uh, we found an alien. And okay. so just trying to do different creative uh, testing and, and uh, get the kids really involved in some, some uh, extensive science uh, work uh, there in the STEAM camp and uh, exposing them to some unique and, and different things that they may not have had experience with in the schools. That is uh, leveraging the resources that you have in the uh, STEAM center. Correct. The, yeah. con the, the new Conda STEAM Center uh, has opened a lot of new possibilities and opportunities like this STEAM camp. So this sounds like some really kind of advanced stuff here. Right. So we'll be utilizing uh, the University of Finley's college professors, uh, okay. the experts in the field, uh, to help us and these students to really experience something new and different that week. A lot of fun for the uh, kids, but I would imagine a lot of fun for the uh, professors and for you and all of that as well to kind of apply. The, I mean, you can talk about it in the classroom with these students, but then applying it in this way is... Yeah, it really makes it real. Yeah. And, um, and then at the end of the week, there would be a reflection time where the parents, grandparents could can come and see uh, what their their child has been doing all week. Very cool. And uh, the whole alien thing, that sounds, yes. uh, sounds really interesting. You also have uh, the Meza Art Camp, which uh, used to be called the Young Artist Workshop. Right. The Art Camp then is in July. That is July 24th through the 28th, and that's uh, from 9 to 2 each day. And uh, the, the, the students will be utilizing different and unique uh, forms of media, uh, that artists of picture books would be using on a daily basis. And so that, too, at the end of the week, parents get to see what their, their child has done uh, and created in the, in the course of the week. And uh, it really some um, very creative uh, exploration uh, during that week. And that, of course, uh, speaks to the traditional... Um uh, nature of the uh, Mazza Museum, correct. And but and the nice thing, although this year, uh, as is as last, is that the new Conda Steam Center has also opened the creative process and using digital, uh, the Wacom and different uh, uh, parts of 
the technology field uh, in the creation of art. So if uh, folks would like to sign their kids up, first of all, what ages are we talking about for these camps? Sure. So the uh, art camp is grades three uh, through eight. Okay. Um, and the STEAM camp is five through eight, fifth grade through eighth. Okay. And you can uh, find registration and signups uh, on our website. Now, is there a deadline for registration or is it just until you fill up? Or um, there, We try to get uh, people registered uh, fairly early so that we can just uh, make sure that we have enough supplies and t-shirts and things of that nature right so the earlier the better and then if our we have uh, limits on the number of kids that mm-hmm. we can uh, really have a, a one-on-one almost uh, right. uh, reflection of um, so the earlier the better yeah and that is available now Correct. So, uh, you can sign up now uh, for that. And then that's not the uh, only stuff that you have going on. As you mentioned, there are some uh, conferences and things that you do uh, with educators and other professionals and other fields to kind of tie all of this together. Correct. Our annual Mazda Summer Conference is July 17th through the 19th. It's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We'll have nine different author illustrators of picture books speaking to teachers, librarians. We'll also have breakout sessions where folks can come and see how to use Uh, their work in the classroom or in the library with their students. Uh, And then this year, one of our authors that is speaking, her husband is also an author, but also a musician, um, John McCutcheon. And he'll be in concert on Tuesday, July 18th at 7 p.m. He's a folk singer, plays 15 different instruments. Uh, The hammer dulcimer is one. And his his real uh, kind of message is uh, taking... um, really family and respect and uh, togetherness uh, Mm -hmm. in the songs that he sings. A lot of the music that he does are songs that we would be familiar with and might be able to sing along with him. And a number of them have actually been turned into children's book stories. Correct. Yeah, Uh, yeah, there's been three that have been turned into picture books. That's really cool. So, um, And for those who would be interested in learning more about those conferences, um, what uh, what do they need to know? Yeah, that that too is on our website. Okay. Uh, you can either go to the Maz Museum website or through the University of Finley. And uh, under events, you can see all of these listed with uh, registration opportunities. And again, a great way to inspire others to think creatively about bringing these concepts to uh, students uh, in, in different ways moving forward. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, Again, we've got a link up for more information at our webpage, as always. Uh, a lot of things going on from the uh, Mazda Museum. And again, as you said, you are open through the summer months. We'd love to have you come and visit. Again, uh, Ben Sapp with the University of Finley's Mazda Museum with us this morning, talking about what's happening as we come up on the uh, summer months. And again, registration is open now, especially for those summer camps. So get the kids uh, signed up for it sooner rather than later. Ben, thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. And that will finish up our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. And remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the show at our webpage. Go to goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow on the program, assuming that my voice holds out and we can do a program tomorrow, from visiting exotic locations to embracing extreme adventures, what's on your bucket list? So until tomorrow morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. Hopefully, catch you back here tomorrow.